guys. Welcome to Queer Icons, episode number one, where every week we cover a queer icon and give background on why they are iconic to the gay community. This week, later on the episode, we will be covering Divine as our first icon. My name is Matthew, coming from Atlanta, and I'm here with... Nico, also living in Atlanta right now, but originally from Greece. So, Nico, what are you working on? I'm an illustrator, and this week I started this project where I'm illustrating uh, poems that deal with different kinds of love, and they're poems from different areas, different countries. So I researched several gay art, uh, gay po- poets. And That's awesome. Yes, I started, I, I started with a Greek poet, uh, C.P. Cavafy, and he was born in Alexandria, so a lot of his poems have this Egyptian feel to it and historical essence. <laughs> then I went to ancient Greece with Sappho and lesbian love. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Gotta include the lesbians. Of course. And her poem was one of the toughest, really, to to illustrate because I had to translate the ancient Greek. And then I moved on to Lorca, so adding a little bit of Spanish there. So, yeah, this is my yeah. ongoing project there, and I'm very happy. And I'll be reciting the poems uh, in my social media coming up when you will get to view the illustration and what emotions it caused from reading the poem and... Then you'll hear my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <Over it. laughs> you'll have to tell us when you post those. Absolutely. Yes. I want there. to get several uh, poems completely completed first right. before I start posting. Because it's going to be a series. Well, my only project is my wedding that'll be coming up in August. And so we are trying to hire everybody. We're actually going to start cake tasting this weekend. So that'll be fun. Very exciting. Exciting. Yes. (laughs) I'm excited about that part. I think we have most of the people hired. And so now it's going to be mainly focusing on execution and, you know, how we want everything portrayed. So that's, that's my main project other than this. Yeah. Well, I definitely loved accompanying you for the food tasting <laughs> part. <laughs> yeah. Exploring the caterers. Exploring caterers, cakes, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> so, has anything happened in the news or any famous people or anything this week that, or any items that are iconic to you? So, further the gay agenda. Further the gay agenda. <laughs> I saw recently, um, it drew my attention on. Instagram, the most recent Iris von Herpen collection, and Sefdaliza was featured, who's one of my personal icons. She's this incredible vocalist and artist, and her music videos are just masterpieces of art. And I just love how meticulous she is in portraying music with a visual element to it Uh and whether that's like culture and fashion and then she walked in the show in this incredible outlandish red gown and they were playing one of her songs and i was gagging (laughs) i was like yes it it was such a such a treat such a surprise because yes i do follow the handle of like iris von herpen because it, it, it's it is an iconic fashion house and, and 
creates uh, true masterpieces. Right. And then just have that collaboration. Uh, it was, I was blown away. That yes. was my iconic moment. <laughs> yes. And what was um, the girl's name again? Seftaliza. Seftaliza. Mm-hmm. And then um, who was the fashion house? Iris von Herpen. Iris von Herpen. Look those up. <laughs> So my iconic moment or recent iconic is is that we uh, have President Joe Biden in the White House now. And as soon as he came in, he reversed the trans ban on the military, as well as most of the gay protections that the previous president had uh, taken away through executive order. The bad part is this is also done by executive order, so the next president can also reverse it. But hopefully we will have solidified some of those protections into the at that point. But that's always something to celebrate when we have a nice little political win. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's been, if it, I feel like it's it's been long overdue that we've had <laughs> right. a political win. <laughs> In the past uh, four, four years. years. Yeah. <laughs> So that's always fun. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I said who at the beginning, but who are we covering this week? We are covering Divine. All right. Um, For our first episode, you know, we made this decision of creating a a discussion uh, about truly such like an influential gay icon who was actually, you know, like before... Like, our, our time, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. He died when we were young, young young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we weren't into the work until later. My, my first then, introduction to Divine was Ursula, the, the sea witch oh, from The Little Mermaid. Well, see, I did not know. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that is one of the things covered later, mm-hmm. probably. But I did not know that Ursula was inspired, inspired, by, yes, inspired by Divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first... Uh, recognition of Divine was a uh, hairspray. So that was because it used to come on when I was like a kid. And then, of course, I knew Ricky Lake from that. And I didn't realize how um, that hairspray was in like 88. I thought it was like a much older movie. I and thought that, it was <laughs> a much older movie <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. And so Ricky Lake had her own talk show mm-hmm. like even five years later. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, look at how I got Ricky. Because she was only five years younger. But, but then again, because it does take place, it doesn't take place in the 80s. Right. So when, the when, when you're like young, you just assume <laughs> it was filmed at the yes. era that it represents. <laughs> or at least that was how my brain functioned. Right. <laughs> Someone had told me that Ursula was inspired by a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And I immediately I was like, oh, I can kind of see that like in the makeup. Right. You know, especially with those eyes. Yes. And, but then I didn't really think much about it until far later, where I saw Divine in that iconic red dress right. from Pink Flamingos. And that was my first With image. the hair. Yes, with a orangey, blonde yes. hair and the black roots and holding that gun. And that was my first impression of Divine. And I was like... Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? What is yeah. that? And what is this movie? Let her find out. It's a very interesting movie. Right. 
<laughs> and yeah, and I also like I like that we picked Divine because it's picking like one of our own, picking like an actual gay person as a gay icon this mm-hmm. time instead of going with um some of our straight allies that mm-hmm. have become queer icons in their own right. But, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so. you know, while doing uh, my research, I was uh, fascinated with Divine's fame didn't really last very long because we lost her young. Yeah, how influential she was in so many aspects of right. uh, gay life and queer life, and in show business. Yeah. And from uh, how drag queens presented themselves, like inspiring gay people, just that bravery uh, and that unapologetic influence that she had. Definitely. Let's start covering Divine. Absolutely. Um, Let's start from the beginning, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I saw you and I have a few of the same notes, but it's okay. Um, I'll let you (laughs) cover most of it, and I'll try to sprinkle in some fun facts. That uh, sounds good. That may, may or may not, you may not have. Ooh, I, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Divine was born as Harris Glenn Milstead, and I uh, prefer to go by the middle name of Glenn. Yes, to differentiate from um, his father. His father, indeed. Mm-hmm. And he was the only child of a conservative Baptist middle class family from uh, Baltimore. You know, as as a child, he was apparently bullied a lot, I read. He was. Um, because uh, he was more effeminate. He was a little bit bigger in size. Yeah, he was overweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so an interesting fact about that, or like uh, positive, some, some of it positive. The bullies did eventually end up getting expelled. They did bully him physically. So like, I was got bruises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they eventually got expelled, and then it was so bad at one point that um, he was taken to school and taken home from school in police cars. So the police would take him to school and that, from school. That is insane. That's uh, an intense, like, bullying. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Which, you know, I, I do hear that now uh, schools are definitely more cognizant mm-hmm. about bullying. I mean, I do remember in my time in schooling, like, bullying did happen. Yeah. But it was primarily, like, brushed off. Right. And no one got into that much trouble yeah. for it. So yeah. you kind of had to learn to, like, you either had your friends to stand right. up for you, you know, you stood up for yourself. Right. But, you know, it, it truly does yeah. show that... And I also think, like, most people get bullied a little bit. Like, I mean, I was bullied um, as a child, but not not to any point, not any to physical point or yeah, anything no, like that. Absolutely. It was, like, more picking. And like you said, you run to your friends, and that's your, like, safety zone. Yeah, that's so. your safety zone. Yeah, yeah. but some people um, have it a lot worse, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, for, for sure. Yeah, so as Little Glenn was uh, <laughs> growing up, I saw that he did pick up a job as a florist mm-hmm. and then as a women's hairdresser, which kind of developed an interest uh, into drag. Yeah. And like creating the beehives. Right. He that. specialized in the beehive, mm-hmm. I think, um, as the hair as a hairdresser. And you yeah. can see that in most of his hairstyles. Absolutely. In the, in drag. It, it has volume and yeah. height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the higher the hair, yeah, the, the closer, closer to God. God. And conservative Baptist, that makes sense. Right? It does. <laughs> I was reading that, you know, he started like throwing like parties because he was like mm-hmm. financially supported by his parents. Yes. You know, they, they were wealthy enough to 
treat him, especially as an only child. Yeah. He, yeah, he would throw parties and he started impersonating Elizabeth Taylor, another queer icon. Right. That was um, his favorite actress, such, apparently. Yeah, and such yeah. an inspiration, truly. And then he entered in the mid 60s Baltimore's counterculture and befriended John Waters, uh, who did. Give him the name Divine. Yes, that's why I read too. Mm-hmm. Give him Divine, and they actually lived on the same street in the same yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. They did. So they they met quite young. Mm-hmm. And Divine was actually the main character in Jean Genet's novel *Our Lady of the Flowers*. Oh, okay. Now I, at which I just ordered that book. Okay. Because <laughs> I am familiar with Jean Genet, but I have not read that book. Right. And it does actually deal with Parisian, uh, like Bohemian life. Right. And I think a lot of like homosexual life. Yeah. Um. So I think it will be a very interesting read as like a historic, right, uh, artifact of uh, that time capsule <laughs> of that time. So it is. It is incredible that Divine was named. From a literary character of um, an important, you know, LGBT book. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, him and John Waters have met, and like really, the rest of Divine's life in particular, they are intertwined like professionally. Um, I think both can somewhat say their success came from the other of sorts. So. Yes, because uh, they started doing experimental short films with. Uh, Waters crew, and they were called the Dreamlanders. They did a lot of these like crazy uh, performances. Mm-hmm. They uh, were essentially uh, such a. It was a, a big artistic movement. It was like a beatnik movement in right. the sixties, Baltimore, and that's what they they were a part of. And then, you know, it wasn't until like nineteen seventy two that was like the big first hit of Pink Flamingos that did make like a big midnight. Uh, Right. Classic, established divine, gain a cult status. Right. And, and we all know that from the icons, especially that we're going to study, that <laughs> once you achieve that cult status, right, like truly you, you've really established yourself in uh, the zeitgeist uh, of the time. And, and I kind of feel like, you know, there's all these like queer movies that it's almost like, I want to say mandatory, right. but strongly encouraged to <laughs> to view, you know, just the first one that comes into mind is like the Rocky Horror Show. Right. And, you know, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Like, a, a, a lot of things, like, yes. do have such a tremendous influence. Definitely. And up until the point of the the movie you you mentioned, the the first major release film that Waters did, Divine had actually not told his parents about um, Divine and the first like four shorts that he and John Waters yeah. did together, and they didn't find out until years later. Yes, they were they were oblivious because, about yeah, it because he was he was nervous about telling obviously a conservative you know mm-hmm. family, and he was worried that they would not support him or understand divine mm-hmm. <laughs> which does make sense because divine really was the opposite of conservatism right. <laughs> such a such a a, a creation uh yeah. it went against any of them right <laughs> the counterculture and heaven waters wanted to be just as trashy as possible that was like mm-hmm. literally their stated goal yes <laughs> 
Yeah, it was At one like, point, John Waters said that he wanted to make the trashiest movies ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the things that Divine did in the movies was, like, that unapologetic filth. Yes. And, like, obscene, uh, but still fun. Like, you know, there were so many Atlantis stunts yes. that she went through. And then, of course, Warner's like was, fed more and more right. into it. About dedicated to the art. Uh, absolutely. Ate, ate, <laughs> ate dog shit at the end of one movie. Literally <laughs> ate dog shit. And uh, I would not have been able to do that. I, like, yeah, nope. I, you know, you hear artists suffer from their art. But <laughs> that's a little. I was like, wow, you know, kudos for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was uh, I was just talking with my roommate uh, earlier about about that scene, and I was like, I cannot believe they actually did that with you know the real thing. Yeah, because you can like replicate it <laughs> with some right. chocolate, chocolate cake. You know, <laughs> take a brownie. You know, mold it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, no. Moving crazy. on, like Divine was also joined the Coquettes in San mm-hmm. Francisco. So besides uh, the films, uh, she did a lot of a lot of theater yeah. to really work her acting talent, and uh, you know, and then her persona evolved more and right. more. And uh, what is really did encourage this particular style of dresses that were very body hugging. Yeah. And because she was like a, a bigger woman, it, it was an extreme contrast to the other drag queens that of the time that were really right. striving to be like either female impersonators right. or be part of the pageant world. You know, they just wanted to look yeah. beautiful. And Divine was beautiful in her own way. Right, wanted to show beauty. But it was more like that engagement she mm-hmm. had uh, and that charisma with the audience and that immediate first impression shock value. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that crazy... Yeah, kind of early body hair. positivity. Yeah, early body mm-hmm. positivity. Like, yeah, she was yeah. really... Like, I watched videos of her, like, strutting in the street yes. and like dancing <laughs> and i'm like oh she seems so much fun i was right. like entranced by her it's like i'm mesmerized <laughs> truly by by that strut and walk <laughs> and then uh of course you know after theater she did more movies and she did try to diversify the roles because she, she wanted to distinguish also the Divine persona, mm-hmm. because in a lot of the movies, she was cast as Divine. Right. But she wasn't just Divine, you know, so Glenn wanted to also do some male roles. Because, yeah. He considered know. himself a character actor. He was a character actor. Um, and, and Divine was a personality or character mm-hmm. that, that he had. Yeah, that he had. And yeah, I think I read somewhere a quote where he said, you know, when you're young, you don't you don't reject the parts that are given or written for you. It, they just happen to be for Divine. And he, he did work very hard later to try to get some roles. Which he and, did. And mm-hmm. I, Including I, in Hairspray. He, he, he played, played double roles. duty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two roles in Hairspray. He also played two roles in another film. Right now it is escaping my mind, but it was a Waters film. Okay. And he played both Divine and a male character. character. And they actually make love. <laughs> yes. I did not read about that one. Okay. Blanking right now in the movie. Right. But I did find this really cool 
quote, which shows like how much of a business the divine persona had ended up being, mm-hmm. which said, my favorite part of drag is getting out of it. Drag is my work clothes. I only put it on when someone pays me to. Right. And so that really shows that, yeah, Glenn was an actor. Right. He had created, along with John Waters, his incredible persona of Divine, but it wasn't, he wasn't just Divine. Right. So it's, very, like you know, great respect when um, you're so committed to that persona. Right. <laughs> which, you know, a lot, of, a lot of drag queens, you know, are. Yeah. But, you know, most currently we see that with RuPaul. How, you know, there's like RuPaul Charles and yes, who's like male presenting. Mm-hmm. But then we also see RuPaul the Glamazon, right. yeah. which is work clothes, right. you know, and has kept that. And, you know, we definitely see that in, in a lot of uh, drag artists, that, right. you know, how they can differentiate and then do projects in drag and yeah, out of drag, yeah. especially when they're also like actors. Yeah. So it's not just their drag personas that, you know, they're acting through it. Yeah. So another thing that I found, which I wasn't really fully aware of in my research, is how many disco hits Divine had. Oh, yes. I was reading about this. I was actually unaware until Mm -hmm. doing research that Mm -hmm. Divine had a singing career at all. And I listened to a couple of them, and they're definitely disco, dancey. It's fun. And I had seen some, uh, a couple of the videos years ago, and it was more like, oh, you know, this is divine, cool, raising, so energetic. It right. Was, like, her energy was contagious. And I think that's uh, why she uh, became so famous in the New York scene and in the DC scene of right. uh, the disco era. And the crowd loved her because... It wasn't just like she could sing, right? But she could really perform. Although hot take, I don't like. I don't think she has a great voice, but <laughs> I liked it. I, I actually liked it. I think the songs are fun it, and dancing. It has and that, like I can see why they like gain traction. It has that raspiness yes. to it that I like. So I don't know, but I was I was raised with a lot of disco. And I'm disappointed. I was not aware of oh, Divine Disco yeah. back then. So I was like, Gloria Gaynor, yes! <laughs> we can throw a disco party sometime and just include his music in there, too. Oh, absolutely. Sure I'm, I'm planning on it. And then, like, see which show of our friends figure right. out who it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, it, it's, uh, you know, kind of like this... This persona was like so determined, and I think that the gay community could really identify with that, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the eighties and you know late seventies and, and eighties when yeah uh, the AIDS epidemic started, right. you know, and you kind of needed this positivity, this unapologetic, right. because you know gays were just so vilified yeah. at the time. So having that representation out there, like be so visible. Right. As divine was, yeah, uh, was a very at least to me it looked like a very positive, yeah, uh, influence. Yeah, I can agree. Like especially mm-hmm. during that time period, uh, you know, the gay community is going through its own trauma mm-hmm. on top of being a repressed community, mm-hmm. and so having someone out there that's loud and larger than life, and in many ways, including the outfits and hair and you know everything, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. And and we can see like 
when divines that are really breaking into the mainstream from the counterculture or mm-hmm. the, you know, avant-garde artistic. When uh, I think that one of the greatest feats is like Disney did get inspired, right, uh, for Ursula, arguably one of the <laughs> the best villains created yes. <laughs> by Disney. Who like loves a gay villain? <laughs> True, <laughs> but that's for another episode. But yes. <laughs> Disney does love a game. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know what? I used to hate The Little Mermaid uh-huh. as a kid because it was my sister's favorite movie. <laughs> and she would always play it on repeat. And I was oh, just sick gosh. of it. And I always thought Ariel was this irresponsible little brat. <laughs> well, <laughs> who yes. got that, Hey, this is just my person. So I was, t- I was team Ursula. <laughs> yeah. So, which is very bizarre for a little kid be like, I like the, I like Ursula. I like mm-hmm. the villain. Uh, but yeah, I really did not care about Ariel. <laughs> so uh, uh, that, that says a lot. <laughs> And of course, it wasn't just Disney, but truly, like in- inspiring so many performers, yeah, and pushing the envelope for their artistry, and shouting like that, hey, they're they're present, they're they're here. This is what they do. Maybe not always go to the extremes the divine did for their art, but still adding that uh, sense of uh, shock. That, that shock value to attract attention uh, in their artistry. Yeah. And, and, and you can see that, like, I watched that, you know, because she did mingle with a lot of artists of the era, like Andy Warhol. Yeah, so I was reading that. But, mm-hmm. um, and Hockney did a really wonderful portrait of Glenn as well mm-hmm. that I saw. So you can see that once you break into the artistic world, then you, you start getting that respect and veneration and it is just incredible how divine achieved that mm-hmm. from going through alternative means right to it yeah you know i was just i was fascinated and very proud for uh for divine yes. to to achieve <laughs> that really because at least she paved the path for so many artists right you know and I don't think she always gets like that acknowledgement right. for for the influence. Yeah. Well, and allowed. I mean, I'm sure someone will correct me, but I don't really know of a mainstream like drag queen before Divine, someone that like broke into the mainstream. Yeah, I think uh, Divine was definitely the first drag superstar. Right. Which paved the way, of course, for then RuPaul later. Yes, you know, RuPaul who did we, we... become like a mainstream mm-hmm. star. You know. Yeah. Um, drag persona as well absolutely so because um, i think it's what we do- discussed earlier that a lot of the drag queens before divine did focus a lot of the pageantry mm-hmm. i was uh aware of well that was probably the only the, place you thought you could get success yes you know, absolutely was, which is an extremely pageant. valid yeah. and which also is, fascinating right. place right but yeah right now because i was aware of the coquettes as well mm-hmm uh, but to reach that mainstream but we star, would be, yeah, I was like, we would be sure. aware of yeah. uh, different drag. But you know, I could probably go to any of my family and ask who Divine was, and they would know who Divine yeah. was. So mm-hmm. even outside of the gay community, mm-hmm. having a name, yes, that it, it is breaking into the mainstream. Yeah, that becoming a household name, right, without being part of uh, the community, right. 
that's truly like yeah the incredible feat of it you know sadly uh she did die in march of uh 88, 88. she was right only after, 42 mm-hmm. right after hairspray yes right so yeah she break she broke into the mainstream with like yeah. hairspray she was nominated for an independent spirit award yeah. i believe yeah and so like it was looking fantastic the right. future for her she had just gotten a deal with the sitcom married with children yeah. Which I loved as a kid. <laughs> I, I was not a big fan as a kid. I can watch it now and like find it more. But I did love Peg. I love Peg. Um, <laughs> Peg was my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it was supposed to be actually a recurring character. That's it was, it was supposed yeah. to be an uncle, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So yeah, I it was read, as a male. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was, I, I read was, that uh, some um, years ago, and the day before Glenn was gonna shoot the the show he passed away from heart failure yeah and i'm not sure because this i it, it wasn't brought up in this research that i did but i remember it from like years ago but i think the producers of the show sent uh the funeral like a wreath like uh-huh. if you didn't want the part you could have just told us right something <laughs> like a little bit uh humorous right uh, apparently, the Divine's Tomb does get a lot of action. Oh, really? I re- yes. John Waters said that a lot of people, of course, bring flowers. Some people right. bring food or makeup. And also some people apparently have intercourse. Oh, there. Okay. Yes. Which Waters says, <laughs> I'm sure Divine loves that. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Well, because, you know, you do have these, like, legendary icons, like Oscar Wilde's right. tomb also gets a lot of uh, traction <laughs> of like, yeah. visitors, you know. So it becomes almost like a pilgrimage, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> and that's when you know that mm-hmm. it is, you've reached, like, an iconic status. Yeah. You've influenced people's lives. Right. You know, you've inspired them. Yeah. Now, I don't know about <laughs> having intercourse at a cemetery, <laughs> but what, what, whatever one Yeah, likes. whatever people want to do. <laughs> So yeah, really, career had just started, but do we think that um, Divine is a deserved like gay icon? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Oh, I, I, I think not just because she broke into a mainstream coming yeah. from uh, the counterculture community, right. but just how inspirational right. she has been, and she still continues to right. be, for expressing a drag art besides being a beautiful right. female impersonator but you can be outlandish you can be yeah. crazy you can that that self-expression right you know that takes a lot of guts right so i think she inspires a bravery right uh, into into our community which yeah. is much needed and has been needed for decades <laughs> now <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely think, you know, piggybacking on it, I know as, you know, I I was born in 83, so um, I didn't watch Hairspray until after I was out of the theaters and, you know, coming on cable television, but that is one of very few representations I saw, you know, in the early 90s of any kind of queer or gender non-conforming, you know, person, and so uh, I definitely agree that icon status is... is it's valid. It's valid, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like I said, as a young kid, you know, I didn't have, you know, any representation. And I'm sure, you know, earlier in the 80s, for people to be excited to be able to see, you know, someone 
you know, from their culture and their background, you know, their gay background, mm -hmm. you know, kind of making it as yeah, was, was was inspiring and mm -hmm. definitely. And 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 speaking about like the the hairspray role, what Dumain and and Waters created was mm -hmm. an iconic character, who is traditionally played by a man, right? Even though it is a female character, right? Uh, and and we see that even when it became uh, a play on Broadway with the incredible Harvey Firestein. Right. And uh, that was my first impression of Hairspray because I saw a clip of that when I was in college. Okay. And I was already aware who Harvey Firestein was. Right. And then I watched the Waters movie. And then, of course, with the more recent Hairspray movie with John Travolta, right. which, again, you get, like, an A-list actor right. to play that that role. So Divine did set that precedence. Extremely important as, yeah. as a tradition to, to follow. Of course. But yeah. Well, I think that about covers our mm -hmm. short synopsis of Divine. Mm -hmm. please let us know any other interesting tidbits and reach out to us if you could uh, rate and review this podcast if you would like to subscribe that would be awesome in future weeks I hope to have an email address set up I can give you guys ways to contact us and like I said rate comment and review thank you thank very you much for listening yes